Okay, uh, this is episode one, the first uh, real episode of the podcast. We're going to discuss... What are we discussing? Conceptual art. Conceptual art. Which I guess you know because that's probably the title of the... <laughs> probably the title of the podcast. Um, it's broad. Yeah. So we're going to talk about what we... Our, our understandings of conceptual art is what we think about it. Um, I guess we start off with kind of defining things. So um, for me... I think we'll talk about our own understandings, and then we'll have like a, def- a definition, sure. yeah. and then kind of maybe expand on that. Okay. Um, my understandings of what defines conceptual art from other things are that the idea, or the theme, or a concept is what's put above anything else. So, I think that there's some stuff I definitely want to say more about that, but I'll, I'll leave it for now. But to me, the, the most basic thing of how to define conceptual art is that it's the idea that means more than absolutely anything. And there's definitely different ideas of what that might look like visually. Um, like I said, I, I'll just stick with that for now because I know I want to expand on it a lot in some other areas. What, what is kind of your... Yeah, I, I would definitely go along with that too. It's one of the things that I've loved about conceptual art is that feeling, is that idea that um, the idea, the concept, obviously, is of utmost importance. So the result or or whatever piece is left isn't as important. So um, uh, the materials used, the whatever was left wasn't actually as important. And so sometimes the only thing left was photo documentation or written documentation um, because it was the concept that was the most important. And that appealed to me so much. So when I was first taking art, I was so lucky because it was at the University of Lethbridge. And there they have a very conceptual art um, agenda is the wrong word, but there are a focus maybe, yeah, definitely more than having to get everything absolutely correct, and it, it's it's all about the concept, and so finding the different tools to bring your concept to life, which, um, so that when I found that out and got to know that and to know that's what it could be, and especially as a feminist artist, I was blown away, and that's always been something that has appealed to me, is this idea of concept, bringing it to reality, but process is the most important thing to me, so whether, even now with painting, the process is the most important to me, and hopefully what ends up being is wonderful as well, but it's that idea and concept and process, and I find that works for me, especially well when I'm doing performance or photography, um, or installation, but it it goes a bunch of different ways. We were gonna look at the actual yeah, you got a definition. definition. So where where did you find this? This one is Saul DeWitt. Um, this one is what little website? It's uh, well, it's in theartstory.com, but it's from. So uh, who's Saul DeWitt? Saul DeWitt is is especially. A very important artist for conceptual art. Um, I hope I'm not getting this wrong, but he's the one that wrote, "I will not do any boring art. I will not do yeah. any boring art." So over and over. So he did. He used a lot of text in his work, okay. which again inspired me because I love text. We've talked about it sort of in our introduction yeah. that I really love text, and so um, yeah, he was he was someone who used a lot of text, 
but was definitely one of the early guys, for lack of a better word. And when I say guys, I mean guys, because <laughs> basically it was a bunch of uh, white guys that um, were able to um, participate or were at the forefront or were recognized. Were recognized yeah. Exactly. Um, some unusual ones within that are Eva Hess, who I'm a huge fan of. I just love her stuff. And then, of course, Jennifer Holzer, who used um, text on sort of the uh, uh, marquee type style. Okay. You know, she did a lot of those. So she was another person. But let's just go Saul DeWitt. So this is 1967. Yara's born. Um, that was so like a, what's her name? Anyways, don't do that anymore. Um, so Saul DeWitt said, what the work of art looks like isn't too important. It has to look like something if it has a physical form. No matter what the form may finally have, it must begin with an idea. So idea is the big deal here. It is the process of conception and the realization in which the artist is concerned. So, so those two things, it's an idea, a conception, and then a realization. It is not the result. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's kind of what Wasn't you were saying, Isn't the realization right? kind of the result, in a way? I guess. Yeah, I guess you could argue that, but not... You could find the realization, it's just semantics, I guess you could find yeah. the realization in the process. Yes. I mean, realization, yeah, I guess you're right. That's kind of what is the result? I yeah. think those things are synonymous, so you're probably right. Um, well, I, I want to focus so on... So it, it does say after this, the notion of placing concept before object, which okay. I think is what you yeah. were saying, and the value of realization over any aesthetic concerns, concerns yeah. is important to any of, of uh, any other ideas. Yeah. So those are really different because they were coming out of, especially because they were coming out of really modernist time, yeah. when everything was all about how it looked like in the end. So it was, yes, it was about this process, but it was also about this plain object that you, and what you were trying to get out of that object. So it, yeah. Well, one right. thing that you said, and also in the, in the definition there that Salzman had, yeah. was process. Mm -hmm. So something that I, wasn't thinking about at all, and I'm wondering, can you detach the importance of the concept without paying attention to the process that much? Is there a possible way to do that? Because I was thinking about it a little bit, and I was like, I don't really think there is. Like, I mean, to be, I mean, I've, I've thought about, like, okay, everything's in the process, the po process that's focused on the process, and I'm always thinking about the concept anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just wondering. Okay. Okay, now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like when you do your works, the way you describe how you do a lot of your paintings is it is almost more the process. So your concept can be a song. So you, uh, uh, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. So it seems like uh, the sort of concept can be a song and then your process is within that song, whatever happens, like then it's almost abstract what happens there. Is that right? Well, I was just thinking of this, like, the, the process is something that I've been focused on before, and concepts are something I'm always focused on, but whenever someone had said before, like, oh, you know, we focus on the process, or if it was like, um, what's his name now? Duchamp? No, 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 I'm not a conceptual artist in that sense, but, uh, 
that quote about oh you'll know it if I, I can't even think of the quote now um, something something inspiration is for amateur Chuck Close okay right, right. yeah like because he's Chuck he, Close is amazing yeah. he talks about the process a lot right like being like mm-hmm. the rest of us get to work like we find ideas in the process you just need to actually start doing something yeah so I'm really used to the concept of processed focused work right and about how we should just be focusing on process and not thinking about the end result but I've to me that doesn't I think maybe everything that is conceptual has to be process focused but I don't know if everything process focused has to be conceptual but maybe maybe there is a tie there because I'm trying to think like what if someone's focus was like I just want to paint uh, a red square the same shade one thousand times that's very process focused but then what is the what is the intention in doing it there must be like a concept in doing it I would think so like I would think I don't think anyone wants to um, take the idea of doing a red square x amount of times over top of each other or whatever without having some intention behind it doesn't mean there is but to me i guess there would be and when i was viewing that piece i would feel that there was i would feel like there's something behind wanting to do the same thing over and over that many times there's got to be something within that um and 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 obviously that is definitely a really processed thing. And even if that was just really processed, like I want to see what that happens as I do it, or I don't know. So perhaps we even attach importance or con- concept to something that might just be processed. Or I don't know. Well, I was thinking if, there's an, if there is a way to separate that or not. And I think too, so what separates, okay, so we talked about that. I, I would think the same thing too. If, if there was like, something like an artist statement or something that said this is like or 1000 times or even if it was the title said something about like 1000 times painted square or something yeah. like hey well why did you do that you're making art about art like there's something going on here obviously heavily with the process and we're i'm supposed to be thinking about something here and questioning your motives yeah. so maybe if, if that fit into conceptual art well what doesn't then because i mean if if there's an intention and purpose to everything generally but what yeah. is that what is that thing, right? If it's because I like to separate design and craft from art, and the way that I used to do that so was um, oh, it was the word compromise. Like art is the language of passion expressed without compromise. So I always had that word compromise in there to define art in general. But to me, anything that was art was defined by its conceptual nature, and that if it was done without Compromise. So I mean, the compromise would be like I'm doing this because you told me to. Like someone paid me to, to to do this for them, and so I'm compromising my own concept to do what they want to do, and that's kind of what led into design. So if if the like, how do we define what what is? Okay, so the concept is most important rather than the outcome. So anything, if obviously if it's aesthetic in nature, then that's going to be design, right? Well. I don't know, like I'm thinking, I, I, I can think of different conceptual artists, a local one I can think of is Mar- um, Marianne McTro, and her art is very conceptual, I always really, really like it, and yeah, it's really rooted in craft as well, and so her process to me, when I watch her process or see the result of her process, I can definitely see the conceptual aspect of it, and in fact, conceptualism is a huge part of, of what she does, and especially in her her practice otherwise as well but I mean you know it in different crocheting or different things she's done you can 
you can physically see a process that isn't just someone doing a craft. Not that I think there's anything wrong with craft. And I think craft can, especially because it's nature, can lend itself to process, right? Be doing something. Anyways, so that's someone I can think of who's local, who I love her work. I'm a huge fan of her work. And it's definitely very conceptual, very craft, very process, and um, therefore, you know, a real conceptual conceptual work. So what defines that as conceptual? Like, can you give an example? Um, a lot of times when she has posted, I've seen it's it's had different parameters around sort of either what she's doing, like what she's chosen um, as as her, her work, as to what she's doing. So she's using a medium that's craft, but a process or but a, a way of doing it that is very process-based. Okay. So whereas you might use painting, she's coming up with a concept, and then she's using what is necessarily, or not necessarily, is what is sometimes seen as craft to do what you are using painting, which some, you know, so there, it's very obvious in her pieces, lots of times in the description. So she'll have a piece, oh, some beautiful little pieces of sort of almost lacy pieces or, but these amazing sort of white on white pieces that just by the title you understand the process right away right which lots of times i think was conceptual art that's all it is because you might see a white wall and that's what it is it's just this is what it is okay what does that mean right and so a lot of times with conceptual art we need to look at the piece and we need to figure it out and that's kind of a cool part of it is being able to figure it out and that's why the actual piece that you may be it's the chair who did the three chairs i can't remember that guy Okay, but he's a really popular guy, and I can never remember A.R.'s names. But he had a picture of a chair, an actual chair, and then a dictionary um, description of a chair. Okay. So it's these three ways, three concepts of chair yeah. and presenting them. And so to me, and um, I'm sorry, Marianne, if I end up not describing your work correctly, but for me, when I look at a title of a piece, and I, I see what it is, and then it gives a title, I get, I understand what's going on, and it takes me deeper in, and I don't know, I really love that. I love that aspect of um, looking deeper and thinking, like I, you and I have talked before, I love the ephemeral of things. Yeah. So you have a process, and then you have Sometimes all you have is the ephemeral. You just have these little scraps of paper and you have a coffee cup and you have, but you look at it and you can see this concept of these two people and what they've discussed and what's going on. And to me, that's just as important and frankly, maybe much more interesting to me to sit and look at than a painting. Because now I have something that I can maybe relate to really closely or that I get a new experience of as to what's going on so I might have like totally digressed from what you asked Look, that's, that's what happened <laughs> um, I, I, there's so many different directions I want to go in but yeah. I think one thing that just came to my mind was that Jackson Pollock labeled as you know uh, abstract expressionists yeah. doing abstract paintings and we talked about 
the fact that well, you were talking about what's in the ephemeral, we talked about process a lot, which I wasn't thinking of when I came to this conversation. I wasn't thinking about the process in the same way you are at all, and just not thinking about it as much of a focus. But the thing is, like, so we could say he made abstract paintings. There are physical pieces left. However, the thing I love about Jackson Pollock is not the, the paintings, like, so much I wouldn't, or wouldn't own one unless it was just to own one. I don't like the aesthetics or the design or the composition. Like, I just don't like the look of them. But I love Pollock because of the process, of because of saying, I mean, Clement Greenberg had, had written about him and talked about like that that the the canvas was the arena for the process of the painting, and that was art, and what was left over was just evidence of the art. Yes, and, absolutely. And that sparked so many things in my own work. Mm -hmm. But then if Again, I'm just trying to separate because you, you focus so much on process. Like, well, if all his work was process, is what what is the like? I'm I'm thinking like, was there a concept in his process? I think so. And don't you think it's? I mean, I don't think you've seen. I know I've never seen a Pollock piece in person. Yeah. But one of the things that intrigues me and different documentaries I watch is that apparently his cigarettes are in it. His footprints are in it. Yeah. His all these different things that show his process, all yeah. these different things that if I looked at it and kept looking at it and it was a, a piece that I didn't just take as a painting, oh, that's really nice, dad's mountains and whatever. If I actually look at it as this odd object and something that I sit and look at, then all of a sudden I see these layers of what happened and these layers of it. And so to me, I mean, yes, his is, is definitely defined as abstract expressionism and definitely it's expressive. But when you talk about process, his is full of process, and process is a huge part of it. And maybe that's where, I mean, it is not very long after that, where it morphed into kind of this, um, something where we still paid attention to express, um, con conceptual. However, the piece, so his painting, yeah. like you were saying, you're not really keen on his painting. Well, what we're saying when we go into conceptual art is, yeah, we don't have to love what's left. We don't have because a lot of times it's photographic evidence, and a lot of times the photographic evidence isn't even that good. Well, or, sorry. No, go, go But for even it. even Eva Hess, I remember her work. Like I say, I'm a huge fan, and I remember even her work was really widely critiqued because she was using latex and all these different um, um, supplies, materials that were, not, were considered not to last. Yeah. So people were saying, well here, you're, you're doing all these amazing things, but you're using things that aren't gonna last. So your work, maybe in 40 or 50 years, and the gallery is just gonna disintegrate and fall apart. Yeah. And she was like, it doesn't matter to me, it doesn't yeah. matter. And so I think that was part of the conceptual art, yeah. is that it doesn't matter. And so, whereas with, Pollock, it mattered to him. He wanted those big paintings on the wall. He wanted himself in there. So to him, that part was important. And that's maybe the difference between that and pure conceptualism, in my okay. mind. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and that's just what to ask too, is like, what would separate, and that's just the intention, I guess. Like, the can intention. you make conceptual art without intending to make conceptual art? Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Well, <laughs> can't, no, I don't think you can. I mean, I guess we can take any art and, and look at it when we're looking at it with capital A art, which is pretty snobby, or, but we could, I mean, there's any way, I mean, that's where, um, 
a lot of folk art comes into it and a lot of folk art can definitely be seen as conceptual so I don't know I think you can I think you can have a concept that comes through as yeah I don't know I'm not sure how to answer that I guess maybe maybe it's open but I think definitely people can have have not intended conceptualism well you look at um um that did the big flower, Georgia O'Keeffe. Yeah. And a lot of feminists have claimed her work as feminist. Yeah. And she, when she was alive, she vehemently denied that it was feminist. No, it wasn't. It, they actually were just close-ups of flowers. There wasn't anything more to that. That's all they were. Yeah. And in a way, it doesn't matter. Like, in a it, way... It, it doesn't matter what she her intention was? Right. Okay. So, in a way, it doesn't. And so... However, which is totally counterintuitive, because conceptual art would say no, it matters hundred percent, yeah, yeah. right? But in a way, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but what that's, that's different though. Like I, I think I know what you're saying, but you're saying, oh, okay, feminist movement claimed it as theirs. We're talking about can can the conceptual movement claim something that someone didn't intend to be conceptual? Is what I'm thinking. Of. I know, maybe. Because her stuff wasn't conceptual in any way. Not no, really. no, it wasn't, for sure. So, Can you think of anyone that was who claimed it wasn't? I can't think of it. Neither. Either. No. Either. No. But I was thinking before, because like, you, you made that, that um, observation with Pollock stuff, like, no, he wanted it to be seen, even though he focused on the process. I guess that's a way to, to differentiate. Yeah, even though it was incredibly process-based, it wasn't conceptual. Right. Um, even it, though that was his focus. It was. Like, it I, was. It's this, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't think of it as conceptual at all, because I think of like, oh, he was just, it was the act of, I mean, actually painting whatever. It was just like cathartic. And, and, you know what? Like, actually, what might, what what we might think about that is conceptual art is very much not about the artist. So we think of Duchamp, who put Armut as as the author yeah. of his piece or as the artist of his piece. So conceptual art is not concerned as much as with the author whereas you See, know I, I for would. sure jackson pollock he wanted everyone to know that he did that okay I, like I basically he like that. was spraying semen all over yeah. like he what you know what i mean like yeah. he was well, he definitely defined as an exhibitionist even in public yeah when he wasn't yeah. creating what we call art but i would i would say the concept could be that it's all about the artist so i i, can, I wouldn't say i wouldn't agree with what you said at all because what if what if I'm very selfish, well, despite being selfish, I'm very much about me. Like my art, a lot of the time, is very much about me and expressing myself. And what if that was the intention and purpose in exploring something about the self that was conceptual? What if I was just making pieces about the artist in society or my artist role or whatever? It could still be very focused on me. And I think it could still be conceptual. I know what you're saying. With, with your example, but I, I don't know, I think that that could be the concept. Like, that could be the intention and purpose is to be like, this is me and how I am in this situ- situation. Because, I mean, what if what if the, uh, someone's locked in a room and there's... Well, I guess that's more about other people. No, no but when you think there's... What's the guy with the wolf? Uh, uh, he had... He was locked in a room with a wolf and he had felt... And he was covering himself, boys, Joseph boys. Okay. So he was, so that's, that's maybe a good way to think about it because he was in a room for a week or something 
with this wolf and he was covered in felt and so but it was very much who he was and he was in this space but I think I think maybe the distinction would be it didn't matter like maybe it could be you wrapped in the wolf like it didn't matter who was in that yeah. space like the author wasn't important well now that it was and it could be Joe Blow in that space because a lot of conceptual art um, artists have left behind instructions must be a 20 foot by 30 foot wall yeah. must have marks on you know what I mean like and so someone else just literally an installer at a gallery does it yeah. so they would be considered the artist but they're not they're literally the installer and yet and that's the artist's piece yeah so well, there is and no. so you could you could argue that Joseph Boys even though he was the one wrapped in felt it could have been you and you could have the same I'm just thinking there has to be a way to have it be super self-involved and still be conceptual, there has to. Of course, to be. you want it. Well, no, but there has to be. But, but 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 the more I'm thinking about it too, even before you said that, yeah. I was thinking like, well, if it's a performance piece, even if it is very much about me, me is just a symbol for someone else. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. It's always going to be that. As, as exactly. long as there's an audience, there will always be like this is about interaction. Exactly. Because the audience is interacting, so no matter what, it can That's never be just about just about me if I have an audience. It's a right. Because if, if you are doing something, then hopefully there is someone who is is um, interacting, understanding what you're doing, and so that concept of what you're doing is what they're responding to. Yeah. So, I mean, because it's, I mean, I, I consider my art very conceptual, but my art almost exclusively deals with me but so you could say maybe it's not conceptual because it's all about me. No, I wouldn't, but I, you know, I wouldn't say that. No, no. And but I, your I, art I, is, your intention is, you know that you're using yourself as a symbol. Right. With a, well, a lot of your work recently and even in the past that we yeah. talked about in the introduction as well, that it's like, right now you're working on talking about older, fleshy, female bodies. Yeah. So, yeah. and you know that's not, it is you personally, but you as a symbol for How would you, this okay, thing. so describe you as a conceptual artist then. So that's, that talks about me, I use myself. I, so even when I'm not, if I'm using text or whatever, I'm still using myself, which I guess everyone does. So how, how, does you, how do you as the author fit into your work? I don't think I could, I, I don't think I'd fit under the umbrella of a conceptual artist. Because I think that the, Concept is really, really important to me, but the, the, the thing is that I always have evidence, like, the evidence is still supposed to convey the message to me. So, when especially with abstracts and stuff, it's so very... it's more expressionism, you think? Oh, absolutely. Way more expressionism. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I do design work now more than I've ever done before on top of that, but I mean, even with a lot of the abstracts and non-objective work, that's very expressive and about me, I give it a title. I want the message to be conveyed that this is like the concept. Do you think is that's a, a concept, though? If you're giving it the title, because it sounds like when you describe yourself as using your title within your work, I always felt it was very much a concept. It is, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't. The concept is when I'm thinking of certain specific pieces, it is important. And if it's misconstrued, then then it's weird. But because they're not objective, it's really hard. It's easy and really difficult to misconstrue, I guess, because the, sometimes the title is cryptic, and I know that 
someone, no matter what, no one's going to feel what I felt when I made it. I know that. Mm -hmm. So it's still very much me expressing, and here this is the evidence of that expression. Mm -hmm. And so the only way, like, to me, it's, 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 no one else giving it its meaning will take away from my meaning. Because yeah. I know that no one, like, when it comes to that abstract stuff, I know that, okay, I gave her this title because that's, that, that assists in maybe guiding some meaning, but also I just really like titling things. To me, that's part of the art, is, yeah. is that, that, that poetry sometimes, and also, like, layers, because I'm referencing a song, I'm referencing an artist, I'm referencing poetry or whatever, that, that gives the thing layers. But I, I don't, the concept doesn't need to be understood necessarily. Yeah. And I don't know if that even changes if it's conceptual art or not, because it doesn't need... If no, the concept is I don't most think so. Well, but if, it, if the concept is the most important thing that defines conceptual art, it's supposed to be... It doesn't matter if it's understood then? Right. No, I don't think it does. And in fact, it's probably... I don't know, as far as I can see from what I've read and what I do, that that's not the most important part. It's the person who takes from that. And that's why... The evidence can be so dodgy because the like I've performed at different gallery things and so that and the documentation of that is never the same um, um, not audience response but it's not the same as someone who's interpreting it so you have someone who's interpreting it from what they're seeing like live yeah. so first you have um, Conception. Then you have someone who's doing it. That would be something else. I can't think of the name. So then you have someone else who's doing it, and someone else is an audience. So there's someone it. performing or installing. Performing, and then yeah, or installation and seeing it. And then you have the the other layer of someone who's writing about it or seeing it or or whatever. So to me, you have those different layers, and so there's different people along there as to what the meaning might be in. I find, as an artist, lots of times my meaning might not be what someone else gets. Oh, absolutely. And then that's fine. Well, I didn't mean like it has to be understood by everyone in order for it to be. Yeah. But I mean, isn't the intention that your concept is somewhat, if the concept's most important? Yeah. Because yeah, then it, I guess I'm drawing it back to, or I'm setting it up <laughs> in a way to say like, let's say I make a conceptual art piece that only I understand. If it's still conceptual, but nobody is meant to understand it, one, I guess, can it still be conceptual? Especially because then again, it's all about me again, right? It's all yeah. about me because the audience but doesn't have to understand it, and is, is that, that that's the concept that it is about me, and that no one else is gonna ever get it. Could be. Yeah. So then it can be like yeah. it's just a completely yeah. selfish, completely yeah. um, self-engrossed thing that. And though the thing is, someone might not view it that way because they might view it as that's the way they see it or yeah. you know whatever so even though you might have the concept that way and you might even set it up that way as it's like totally um selfish whatever and that's how you're going into it and that's how you're doing it and that's how you're performing it or presenting it or painting it like that's your concept someone else could see it totally different take it totally different and that's sort of how it is like once you let it go to the world I think then that concept is gone unless you decide to record it definitely which a lot of artists have decided to record it but yeah. a lot of artists when it comes to conceptual art 
they let it go. That's yeah. kind of what they want, is they want... I mean, Warhol is, as you know, I love Warhol, which I had... It took me a while to love Warhol because I felt, um, I felt like I shouldn't because he was like <laughs> a shortcut to art or something like that. But I just love that whole idea of process and that art being in everything. Yeah. Um, and him being in everything. I mean, I, I was just watching the other day and it was him, he was supposed to do an art installation and it's like last minute he just got in the window and that was him. He was, I'm here on the installation. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm just like, and, and so think about it and what that means and, and things like that. So I just, I don't know, I love, I love that. I love the idea. And I don't know, I don't know if it's different as a woman to a man about the idea of personal being political, but it so is. And I, I would think probably as, as a man of color it, it is in a way. Like, I don't know though, you see yourself differently, so maybe not. I just never, I, I don't think about it that much. It doesn't come into you and into your art. I, not really. Yeah, um, yeah. And maybe that's just because of being, I don't know, being born and raised in Canada around a lot of white people because my family is all in Chile right it was just me and my mom yeah. and then it was just yeah. like white people everywhere at school at church so you like, didn't feel that was an identity that you needed to explore or sure it's it's only when racism gets overt that I'm like oh yeah that's a thing yeah. but it it happens so rare but yeah. it definitely isn't something that I explore in my work it's something that I'm aware of sometimes and sometimes I am not as aware and sometimes other people aren't aware of it which makes me aware of it because yeah. they say things in front of me and they're like oh wait <laughs> like someone the other day said something about like brown people in front of me. It wasn't offensive, yeah. but it was like a joke that I might have even made or other friends or whatever, and it was in good company. But I was, and then they're like, "Oh, oops!" And like, yeah, there's there's two people I can think of in my life that never they just think of me as a white person, mm -hmm. just because of the way that I act, and I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's not something that I really uh, address in my art at all. But you mentioned Warhol, you mentioned Duchamp before too, yeah. and those are two of my favorite examples And so, uh, of what I would call conceptual art. And that it kind of ties into, well, I'll give the examples first, because of, well, no I won't, I'll say this first. So, the thing that I'm thinking of with them, because I want to bring them up anyway with my two examples that I'm thinking of, but if the, if the concept is more important than the physical evidence, it's still just that thing that I'm playing with, like, well, but the physical evidence is what expresses the concept. So how can we say that it's not as important as the concept? So sometimes, I, I've had things in my head when you say, like, well, sometimes there's no physical evidence left, which is, I understand. But let's say, I'm like, okay, let's, I'm, I'm trapped in a room of glass, and it's called 100 breaths. And I walk in, and I take 100 breaths, and I walk out. And But then, let's say that it's not recorded. Yeah. And, and then the installation is there and it just has 100 breaths and that's there for the whole month. No yeah. one even saw me take the 100 breaths. Yeah, exactly. To me, that's still... But the empty room is still part of the concept. Oh, so much so. But, that, but that's the thing. Then, yeah. then that's evidence. Yeah. But it's not... It can't, how can it be more... Or how, it's not more important... Or how can it be less important than the concept? It's directly tied to the concept. Great. Agreed. I don't know. That's one thing I couldn't Don't my head you think about. it needs to be detached? I don't think it needs to be detached. I think sometimes it can be detached, and it doesn't always need to be attached. But I think that often it could be. Like I think it can be detached, and it doesn't matter. And then I think if you have a video or photographs 
or something of you walking into a room, but maybe you won't. And so you have, all you have is a picture of this that says 100, 100 breaths. Yeah. That's all you have, and you have the picture of the installation, that's it. That's yeah. amazing, because you know that. You can figure that, you can feel that. Yeah. You don't need to actually have ever been in that room and taken 100 breaths, you can feel that anyway. Yeah. And that is conceptual art. That's when you can look at a title and you can feel it and you can know it and you don't have to have ever been there. You can be there yeah. and it's amazing to have been there, but you don't have to have been yeah. there. And, um, and to me, that's like the best part of conceptual art, when I don't have to have ever been there, but I can, I can be going through an art magazine or a catalog or something and I can read something and still be moved and inspired and uh, uh, feel it just from reading the description of room of 100 breasts and then everyone who walked in, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just have that, that like is, yeah, that's like amazing, inspiring to me. So yeah, it's a perfect example. Well, but what I was thinking of, so I might end up stealing whatever you're gonna talk about because I don't know what you're thinking, but the two things with artists that are two pieces that I wanted to bring up yeah. was the most obvious, I think, which is gonna be Duchamp's Fountain. Mm -hmm. So, to me, again, that's so tied to the image, like, there's no way around that. Like, the concept isn't, isn't like, an empty thing where something should have so been. So much so that he didn't even put his name on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, for people who don't know Fountain, it was uh, a urinal that was just taken out of context. Well, it was put in a new context. It was taking an object, which is what kind of all his um, ready-mades, I think they were yeah. called. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, I just took an object that was already made. I didn't. I just moved it and put it in a gallery. Now it's a new context. And then he, and he always changed like, or gave it a title that was a different object than what it was. So yes, like, this yeah. urinal is called yeah. Fountain. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I think that if he didn't put his name, if there was no name on it or year. It was Armand. Yeah, but if there was nothing, yeah. I think it would have been just a strong. I don't really don't think. No, that, I, I think. Yeah. Do you think it might not have been? Yeah, because you know what? You're right. Because it was a strong for a while. And then it came out that it was his piece. But it was, like at first, people didn't know that it was his. So I think you're right. I don't know. I just think that it wouldn't have yeah. played into the concept as much, but that's just my yeah. limited knowledge. But I mean, that to me, that was one thing I love about it, is like, the it was made with the intention of, this is art now, and I know it's going to get pushback, and like, but this is what art is now, so yeah. deal with it. And people were just like, what? You can't just put a urinal in a gallery and call it like a piece of art. And You know what that kind of reminds me of? Um, your personal podcast that you have, and you were talking about, or videocast, I call it, um, where you were talking about the artist is... Pretentious? Pretentious, <laughs> right? And yeah. so... Um, Duchamp was all about pretentiousness and authorness, and and he really did feel that is art, yeah. that is art, and so he started this. It doesn't matter what it is. I, as an artist, yeah. have the authority yeah. to say that that is art, 
So Joe Blow, who's like changing plumbing stuff and doing it and calling it art. Mm -hmm. yeah. But because I'm Marcel Duchamp, or perhaps, you know, John Miguel <laughs> um, is saying it's art, then necessarily it's art. So there was that period where it was like, because the artist says it's art, it's art. Yeah. Right? And so that's sort of where he pushed it, and that's where his his concept, and then what he did, obviously, you yeah. know, um, was his concept. But it's, it is very pretentious to say, because, because I say so, it is art. Yeah. And, but, unless people accepted it, it wouldn't be. It was funny, though, I was listening to a podcast a while ago, and they were talking about um, a retrospective of Duchamp in... Uh, New York or Chicago, I can't remember. But they were saying they were listening, and you know, of course, there's the bicycle, which is like um, sort of uh, a stool that has in like the bicycle wheel on top. Um, there was like there's all kind. There the original fountain doesn't even exist anymore. It does not even exist. And so, and that's a whole thing about conceptual art. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter if the original one exists because it's the concept yeah. of a urinal that's turned sideways and then turned into art. You know what? I didn't. Okay, that just really that was a really strong statement to me. The fact that I guess that's where we separate the evidence of it still existing and not. Because if it was like a like a Rothko or some amazing abstract mm -hmm. thing, yeah, yeah. if it didn't exist, and if if I couldn't look at a picture of it anymore. It wouldn't mean anything to me anymore because it didn't have a concept tied to it that was just as yeah. whatever. Whereas, like, yeah, I can't go see urinal. I have it in my head. Even if I've never seen a picture of it, even yeah. if I never saw a picture of it, it wouldn't matter. No. Because I know that it changed things. I know what it was challenging. I know the effects of it yeah. and how important it was and, and what the intention was. So that that's a really good, like, statement of you don't even have to see it visually. No, like, well, um, uh, oh, uh, Vito, Vito somebody, uh -oh. um, he did a piece where he followed people till they went to their house. So he, I, he I think had, that's called stalking. Yeah, I know. No, totally it's stalking. It totally is. It totally is. Especially because he did like a calendar and he, he recorded everything. Like so and so walked to the market, and then so and so walked here, and then so and so, and then they went to the house, and then he would like, and he had this like calendar of all these, so you got this picture of seeing people kind of going and doing their yeah. like banal life, and so totally it was totally stalking. He was absolutely stalking, but it was for artistic value, so it doesn't count. Of course. Um, but um, so he had this concept of how these they weren't important people they weren't there was no importance to them whatsoever it wasn't i'm following lady diana or anything it was like i am picking a random person on the street and i'm following them until they get to their home yeah. what he assumes is their home yeah. and so he would you know he would record it and what the art was was this record there's mary See, I was going to write down all these names. Mary somebody, and when she had children, 
all of a sudden she was this artist and she had cho- children. She was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what am I going to do now? I have these kids. And then she realized that documenting these bits of her life and what was going on, and again, how that personal was political, all of a sudden now, you can have maybe not me because I'm not a mother, but you can have someone else who's reading this, and this becomes just this concept, this concept of motherhood, this concept of, uh, you know what I mean? And so I think, I think that's how it happens a lot, is if there are these pieces that maybe a lot of people can fit into. So it's a, a concept that a lot of us can fit into, not necessarily, though. Yeah. But mostly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it has to be relatable. I guess. One of the... Jenny... Uh, well, I, I said Eva Hess I loved, which the people I've really loved, like um, Eva Hess, my work has never looked like hers, been hers, I wish it had, I love her work, it never has, but I've always, one of the first things I learned from her was that she was really sick actually when she was making it, so she would leave her instructions, like, you know, um, strong men <laughs> do this and that do this and she would leave I want to be four feet by eight feet I want to be in latex of this drip 20 times and then I wanted this and so she did not make any of the works yeah. so the works she made were never ever herself and yet obviously they were herself they were yeah. her concepts they yeah. were her she just had someone who did them and and you could even say that maybe about Jen Jenny Jennifer Jenny Holzer who did um, a lot of her works were on uh, matinee, matinee, martinet, like um, um, like word things where words go. Oh yeah, the marquee. Yeah. Marquee. Um, so uh, marquee, right? So again, she's writing something, but she's not printing anything out. She's not doing anything. She's like, here, I've written this out. Here it is. And she's not a poet. She's a visual artist. Yeah. And this is her visual art that she's done. So thinking of art in a different way, where there doesn't necessarily have to be painting or installation or any of those things, looking at a different way. And so my art still is mostly installation performance, yeah. but it changed my mindset that um, concept I can conceive of an idea and it doesn't necessarily have to be put into a, a certain evidence for yeah. construct. Well, I mean, and you just talked about not necessarily needing to, even giving someone instructions to make something, right? And that ties into, I think, Warhol is a famous example of that. Yeah, There's yeah, so many sure. things not making himself. Um, and the thing that I, with, the example that I love when I bring it up to students anyway, uh, isn't necessarily what I think Warhol is really known for, but it's one of, it's like my favorite piece, which is Burger in New York. Because it was just messing with people. That's yeah. that's how I interpreted it. It was like, so a video of him sitting down and like taking a burger out, I believe it was Burger King, and just yeah, sitting there was. unwrapping it and just eating it, mm-hmm. and then like sitting there awkwardly for a couple seconds and then being like, uh, my name is Andy Warhol and I just ate a burger. Yeah. Burger, New York, and then it ends, right? <laughs> There's like one of the things have I showed students. Have you seen Macaulay Culkin's with pizza? Yeah, yeah. And some people have them like side by side as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was just like, imagine that being projected into a gallery and then watching that. 
so when I talked to students about it, I was like, why, why are you, like, why, why are you watching? Well, because you put it on. I'm like, yeah, but, mm -hmm. like, if you walked into a gallery and you just sat there and watched the whole thing, because it's not incredibly long, like, yeah. with each bite, you know, it's getting closer to finishing. So it's not like someone just sitting there doing nothing and you're like, hey, this is boring and you move on. So you stay there for the whole conclusion. It's like a couple minutes or like five minutes or whatever. It was kind of a long time to just yeah, watch yeah, someone totally. eat food. Yeah. And it's like, well, why are, why are we watching that? And that's the question I posed to them. And it's like, well, that's the whole point. Why are you watching? And it was this whole thing that I think that with him and the concept of celebrity and playing with that, and I think he was maybe like a really, on that scale, which I don't think we, we have as much anymore because being overpopulated and oversaturated with humans and artists and audience and internet, but like be the, the, the artist as celebrity, like in the 80s, oh, he was totally, like totally. household name. So it was also playing with his own celebrity, being like, you're only watching it because it's me. Because if it was just some loser, just nobody that you've never heard of or whatever, that's just, you know, why would, you, would you be watching? And that's true, absolutely. However, if you also hear of other people who hung around and were home all the time, he always kind of thought he was a star. Always. Yeah. So he always, but the cool thing is he thought everyone was a star. That's why they did the 50 minutes game, right? Yeah. Which wasn't ever, he never said 50 minutes. That sort of came about, but he never actually said that. But it was this idea that anyone can be. It has nothing to do with anything but being given that time. Yeah. That's all it has to do with, right? Yeah. So it has that time being in front of people because we're all interesting. Yeah. So the concept of that is, as humans, we're interesting. As humans, we're interested in other humans. And so, like, he, he explored that. Yeah. And and so we are kind of geared to that. When I actually started to like Warhol, it was not sort of all the Campbell Soup sort of stuff, but he I came across these videos he did where he just put a camera on someone for 30 minutes or maybe 60 minutes, and you just sat there. Yeah. And so at first, everyone's just sitting there, you know, just like, mm-hmm, just chilling. And then you can't help it. You kind of squirm in your seat, and you might cough, and you might whatever. You might look over at someone who, whatever. You start, you start to have a noise about you or something about you that says something about you. Yeah, the difference. So there's you. this, yeah. yeah. And so same with Eddie Warhol when he did that. But there's this sort of like weird ordinary of us that we all have. But then watching someone who's maybe even a little bit like, um, not taken aback, but a little bit uncomfortable because yeah. they got a camera on them. Yeah. So um, who knows, it might even have been ticking at that point. I don't know what camera he would have had. But I mean, so there's slowly this kind of, you know, becoming aware of the camera and being uncomfortable and 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 that sort of thing. So it's, it's uh, I forget why I was going there. I actually did have a point. <laughs> but um, but I don't know, I think, I think that, makes it interesting to me is this idea of seeing someone who is on camera and may or may not recognize how like conceptual they are because you have you have one person or you have a drag queen or a gay man or whatever it can be who's who then is that person that's on screen and that makes a difference because yeah. it's a certain perception and conception and of what's going on, and so yeah, I don't know. I maybe I'm weird. Maybe I'm. Uh, 
But I, I just found that looking at someone and, find, and, and seeing them change and what was going on and just by the presence of knowing that others were watching them is, is interesting. And, and that's how John Cage, John Cage is a sound artist. And that's how I came upon him, who I love. And so he, I had a radio show. Sorry, I'm like, no, I'm <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had a friend, we did a radio show called 15 Minutes of Up, but it was, it was um, all about sort of noise music or sound music. And John Cage is amazing, and he did a piece called 433, which he sat down at a piano, and he like opened up his book and everything and did it and sat down to the piano and then like rearranged his his uh, tails and and he kept um, sort of fussing or then sitting there for four minutes and 33 seconds. So at first it's quite flat. At first you hardly hear a word. And then people like they start moving around because they kind of feel uncomfortable and then they're not sh and so they're whispering in each other and so there kind of becomes this din that becomes part of this music because he never plays anything yeah. for four minutes and 33 seconds he never plays anything and so it's just this sound and so it's a concept of what's going on and it's the crowd that then is making it happen so um and and then i'll mention another piece of john cages that i love it was on a radio sh or a um, television show, and I don't remember which, but it was another noise piece he did, and he's he comes across as very pro professional, and um, he's telling the host that yes, this is what I'm going to do. Here's what's coming up. I'm going to be doing the sound piece, so they're okay. And then he goes and he's got like a sink and pots, and and he makes this whole entire music thing that happens, but it's. It's so conceptual, and people aren't accustomed to having someone go over there and do water and pots, and they're used to someone coming over and playing violin, especially in those days, because I think it's got to be around the 60s. So you're, you're expecting someone to go over and, and make something that is a lot more musical. So he always sort of pushes envelope of what is art and making us feel uncomfortable yeah. with Huh, I don't really get how this is, and this kind of makes me uncomfortable, so obviously it must not be art, right? Yeah. And, uh, and that, that's okay when people think maybe it's not art. We're lucky now, because we can twist and push, we can add our abstract expressionism with a dollop of, of um, uh, conceptualism, and you know, a sprinkle of this or that. Like we can mesh all those together and be able to do what we want and see how people react to it. And, yeah. I think one thing that's important too, or maybe just like a, a final thought or question, something that I was just thinking was that, I guess not really a question, but something you can definitely answer. Uh, I don't think it fits under the umbrella of conceptual mm -hmm. art if it's not challenging. Because you could say you have a concept that's super important, the concept is an important thing, but if it doesn't challenge the viewer in any way, how could it possibly be worthy of, well, one even looking at? But I mean, I mean, as as capital A art, because I mean, otherwise I'm like, there's plenty of things I love looking yeah. at that are just designed, right? Yeah. Um, but could it really be considered conceptual art if it's not challenging to the average viewer? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. But that's because mm -hmm. I'm pretentious. <laughs> I probably am too. 
Yeah, I, I think it does have to, it's definitely meant to challenge. It's meant to challenge the viewer, and I, I would argue the artist itself. That you can start out with a concept, and myself, I start out with a concept, and it has challenged me all the way through until I figure it out, and sometimes I have no idea where the hell it's going to go. Yeah. And it ends up there, I'm like, oh, yeah. So, I don't know, I think conceptual art, um, yeah, I think it challenges both the viewer and the artist. That was kind of my final thought. I don't know if you have any. No. It seems like a good place to stop, I think. I think we're really lucky in that we have a lot of um, conceptual artists in Canada. I think I'm, we are very lucky in Lethbridge, Alberta, that we have um, a lot of conceptual artists in our University of Lethbridge. So yes, we're teaching hard skills, but we're also teaching that hard skills aren't the most important. Absolutely. You know, and I think that is really good to be able to push that and say, it's really nice that you can construct this, but why? Yeah. Why? why? What's exactly. the importance? I remember in my very first um, my foundation class, you know how to do that, and I was sort of stuck in formal art, like I was trying, and I had Michael Campbell, who's an amazing professor at the University of Lethbridge. And uh, I decided to take a bowling ball and cover it in lint, so it looked like a lint ball. You know. <laughs> hey, it was foundations. You know, you got to work there. Um, but then I want to put it on a pedestal because, like, in my like back, not art mind and thinking of it, I was like, oh, things need to be on pedestal. And he was like, why? And he really challenged me. Like, why does it need to be there? What does that mean if you want to put a pedestal? On yeah. that? What does it mean if you don't put a pedestal on that? Like, and so. Having, you know, and I think that's at University of Lethbridge, you're so lucky that way of that challenge of, of what does that mean, what it doesn't mean, and, and being able to have that, that conversation. So, so I feel lucky for having to go there, and I think we have some great artists that come out of the university because of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I got, dude. Yeah. I don't know. I think it'll segue nicely into so many other conversations we have about like you said this just why like, and what to me it's always going back to like what separates art from design what separates an artist from a technician or a designer and, and i always have a hard time about it because i feel bad because i feel like i am being snotty yeah. when i say that so it is something that's really hard to for me to handle but yeah, when it comes to design and art and capital A art and yeah. and stuff like that and being snotty. Well, discussions we can have further. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Okay, that's it for conceptual art. <laughs>